Welcome, everyone. This is, I guess I'm Manny again today, because if we're doing Keep Us Getting Counsel, Candidates, Roundtable Discussion, only this time it's one-on-one with Ed London, the only incumbent in the race. You're listening to WSQF, Blink Radio, and I have the pleasure and honor to not only have known the man for so long, um... I'm sure that he sometimes feels like he was my dad, tell, <laughs> telling me what I can and cannot do or go home, kid. Uh, but it's a real joy to have you on council all these years and to think like you politically. It's also quite an honor. And thank you very much for, for thank you very much for coming. Well, thanks, buddy. I'm, I'm honored that you think I'm your dad because you had a wonderful dad. I loved him. Yeah, I had, Great a, guy. I had a pretty good dad. Great guy. You know, he only gave me grief about not working or about not getting on time here at the hardware store. Or I got a lot of grief from my dad. My dad was a hard guy. And who can blame him? He used to always say to me, oh, you're going to tell me how to make money. <laughs> he was saying in Spanish. My mom would go, my mom would be in the background trying to defend me saying, Roberto, please. <laughs> you know, my Your mother made, was a love. Yeah. An absolute love. Yeah. She, and she protected you. She was. I was. And your brothers. She protected everybody. Well, I was the favorite. She protected everybody. I was though. the most handsome of the three. Well, you're so she just a, you're me. just a baby. <laughs> she. Uh, I attribute her uh, for this situation in my life right now. The irony, the love of a mom. I was a stutter in first grade and repeated first grade, and now I'm on the radio. Yeah, and there's somebody else as president now. <laughs> That's a same else's. thing. Yeah. And I just. Uh, I studied like crazy in first grade. I guess I was. I happened to a lot of Cuban kids who were born here in the States, but their parents were still speaking to them in Spanish, and they were learning English and this and this and that. All these excuses that they gave me for being a stutter. The truth is it was allergies and uh, antibody injections back then for allergy and made me hyper. So I couldn't shut up then stuttering, and I can't shut up now <laughs> studying. So let's have at it. So well, you're ready you for feel, another term. Make you feel better. I also was a stutterer, but I had a reason for it. As a little boy, about two years old, I fell off the porch, second floor, landed on my head. Probably explains why I am like what I am today. Oh, I thought that happened to <laughs> no, only two stuttered. I stuttered and blinked. My eyes blinked like crazy, and I stuttered. And probably by the time I was five or six, I outgrew it. Wow. In- well, my brain has not outgrown. I'm still crazy, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm not stuttering politics, or blinking. I, I, I think you, you and I probably have the same experience since we're like the town criers i'm i you know i express myself here locally all the time especially all those years at, at the oasis but one thing they like to do to us when we make sense is call us crazy because <laughs> they're just trying to shut you down just like all obvi- right let obvi- me have my coffee let me go obviously they've never succeeded with either you or me yes man god bless us both <laughs> thank you for coming to blink radio i definitely my uh, pleasure manny these moments these moments are the ones that i was thinking of when when it was took 24 months to build this thing and uh just finding an antenna was a place to put my antenna high enough so that miami could hear us as well was took 24 months and fcc requirements and i had a certain time frame in order to build this because it was actually a construction permit and all these years have gone by i realized how fortunate i was to have a synonymous uh evolution as Donald J. Trump, who, who was Twittered. I was Twittered by Miami-Dade County Public Schools and the Miami Herald, fake news, front page of the Sunday paper. And what, three or four years later, I built Blink Radio, and he did the same thing with Twitter, 
true, true social. So that's something that I throw flowers on all the time. And here we are. Here we are for the first roundtable discussion uh, of an election season. And as you know, the other candidates have, have been here. The only one who hasn't yet uh, will be Nick today at 6. And uh, I haven't arranged yet with Oscar Sardinas, but he, he's told me several times he wants to come. So we're at this juncture now where you've heard other people's positions, the people that you're running against. And quite frankly, you're the, the guy in the room that, you know, already done his deed. You pretty much know that you've been the best council member you could possibly be. And I believe you have been the best council member of all the ones that uh, I've seen. And I've gone to the podium a couple of times. And unfortunately, uh, I've never gone before you as a council member. But then again, I didn't have a grievance. <laughs> so uh, what is it you're looking forward to as a reelected council member this time? Well, thank you so much. Uh, and come before me, and I'll treat you like everybody else. But you won't, respect, cut me, you won't cut me off in three minutes. No, never. <laughs> with respect, with courtesy, and with an inquisitive nature to make sure you know what you're talking about. And make sure what you're offering to the council makes sense for the council, for the community, for the betterment of everybody. And if you don't, man, you don't want to be there when I start asking you questions. Yeah, so people sometimes just get really redundant into rabbit holes. They don't, <laughs> they're not making a whole lot of sense. And you got to get them off. I understand. Some people really like to go there and vent. And uh, the times I've gone there, I've always had an uh, objective in mind. I came prepared. I, it was all about a particular subject. But I've been an activist for a long time. I think you know that of me, since my 20s. And uh, going before the council, really trying times. I don't know of anybody who's that involved in a protagonist sense. In other words, not really against the council, but pitching before the council as a citizen uh, for services out here. And uh, I'm very happy to to know that I won, I've won three out of five of them. <laughs> can't, be, can't beat that. That's great. I so, wish I could say that. My tenure on the council, I've lost too many, especially when it comes to the budget, especially when it comes to right-sizing <clears throat> the management, especially when it comes to eliminating waste and inefficiencies. Most, and I got re- a bad most re- recently, uh, well, the last, I get the last a bad... day of uh, Mayor Davies' uh, tenure where he increases taxes after well, receiving it's more. Well, it's not him. It's well, not, it's, let, it. well, here's the thing. It's not the council increasing. Yes, we are the ones that vote. But basically what happens is the manager comes up with the budget. And then it's up to us to review the budget, suggest changes, and if he doesn't want to change it, vote against it. Uh, I basically, and one other council member, meet with every department director, their individual budgets, go over the budgets with them line by line, have them justify what they need in order to provide the highest quality of services, which we expect for the taxes we pay and what we should have. And basically, at that point, they either agree or disagree with me. Normally, they disagree with me because, as you know, in bureaucracies, the bigger the budget, the more people you have working for you. I see the more many impor- of your the more, two to five. The more <laughs> important you are. So, uh, yes, and then, and then it goes to the council. And unfortunately, there's only one other council member, Brett Moss and myself, that actually do this. So I call this the rubber stamp. And, uh, I mean, I love these guys. They do a great job. They feel just as much love for the village as I do. But everybody approaches things in a different way. In my background, I approach it as a businessman. They approach it pretty much as professionals who have never run businesses, but basically are professionals, whether accountants, 
or lawyers or, or architects uh, in the case architects. of Moss. But, um, but Moss, he, he approaches like a business. And uh, so that's where we have it. And uh, so <laughs> they're all good. They all mean well, but they all act differently. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that we are different. And uh, I haven't had much support. Uh, it's lonely sometimes with six to one or five to two. And people say to me sometimes, why do you do that? Why do you vote against what you know it's going to pass? Because if I don't do that, people will get the impression that what passed was great and everybody was in consensus, and that's not the case. Yeah, you that's see the, that You see that at the Supreme Court. You have dissenting opinions. They write out a full, you know, dissertation of why they disagree with the verdict. And, uh, and I believe council members uh, should let people know, I'm worried about this. Well, so as a result, we now have an election. Why am I there? Uh, people say I'm out of my mind. I'm nuts. I'm crazy. Why am I doing it again? Well, I, some but, people think you're crazy simply because well, you got nothing a to do real red hot <laughs> Corvette. So obviously. Because, man, you're driving a very fast car with a lot of horsepower. Well, you know, and some people said, hey, you know, that's a you know, midlife crisis. And I said, no way. That's pre-death. So, <laughs> Anyway, Living it up. So, well, when you drive out to the Keys, you have property out there, I believe, or your scoping property. It must be pretty cool to be on the card sound on the Whatever. card sound causeway with that Corvette hauling butt. Now they see an old man like me behind the wheel. Yeah, and the cops just say, well, "Hey, he can go that fast. Let him go, man. <laughs> Let him go." Anyway, so uh, what am I doing? I'm continuing what I've tried to do, which is to provide the best quality services to our residents to move forward with all the major things we have to do. And you, you've heard it before. Everybody's heard it. Don't be worrying about it. But, you know, we're talking about the beach. <clears throat> we're talking about the base side as far as storms, floods, etc. We're talking about storm sewers. We're talking about the causeway. We're talking about the bridge. These are some of the undergrounding utilities. Everybody's talked about it. Everybody's talking How about what they're going to do. How can you exclude what I love the most? The circle and harbor and crane. Well, that's part of the traffic, okay? That's all part of the traffic, okay? Man, I got anyway, stuck. So, I don't leave the key see, often. And I got stuck in a jam yeah, yesterday. Here, here's the parable. I don't believe we should mislead people to think we can do certain things that we can. Can we work on the storm sewers and get that done? Yes. There's no doubt about it. That is a village thing we're, we're at. When I tell you what I'm going to do on, on uh, the Rickenbacker Causeway, on the Bearcut Bridge, I can tell you anything I want to tell you, and I can tell you this is what I'm going to do, and I can tell you these people are going to take it over, and that's going to privatize it, and the Expressway Authority. But you know what? It's not ours. We don't own it. We don't control it. And if we want to do anything, it's the counties. So if we want to do anything, my solution is a little different. My solution is try to influence those people who do control it to do what we want them to do. And in order to do that, I think we should be employing lobbyists for every single commission member of the Dade County Commission. But we really don't have leverage. How Well, we... that leverage is you contribute to their campaigns. I mean, let's be frank about it. Money talks. We usually leave with our checkbook in a different way. But to get things done, we don't have to spend as much money, but we have to make sure each one of those commission members are on our side. And that means making sure when they're running for office, we contribute to them, etc. So that's what I really think we have to do in order to get it done. We say, we're going to do it for the beach. We're going to get everything great for the beach. We're going to do this. We're that's the Army Corps of Engineers. So basically, we're very fortunate because our manager wasn't retired colonel from the Army Corps of Engineers. He's well-liked and respected when he came for the job. The letters of recommendation came from the head generals. He, he, he seems very disciplined. Very generals well, of the Army Corps of Engineers, yeah, as well as the controlling colonel of the 
Jacksonville district, which covers us. So we have that. But again, we have to work with them. We don't have the money or the capacity to do that. And they move very slowly. Bearcut Bridge comes into the same thing as the causeway. We, I've suggested at the last meeting, even though it wasn't my idea, I won't take credit for it, that we should front the money for the county in order to go ahead with the design and the engineering while they do the, while they do the required uh, studies. The federal government is very big on studies that they have to do in order to get federal funding for that. And that could possibly knock two years off the possible replacement of the Barricard Bridge. If we do things really well, probably by 2030, we can have a new Barricard Bridge. So providing, the mean, providing but something that we, a storm doesn't take well, it down there's something first. we can do in the meantime. So what can we do? What we should be doing is be working with the Army Corps of Engineers. And we have Steve Williamson, our manager, ex-Colonel Steve Williamson, Army Corps of Engineers, to make sure that a pontoon bridge or other means of access are available in the event that the bridge gets blown down. Now, chance to get bridge gets blown down, you can say it's great if it's hit head-on by a two, three, four, or five hurricane. But then you can say, what's the chance of having those kind of hurricanes? Between the years 1900 and 2000, there were a total of 68 hurricanes in the state of Florida, three, four, and five. 68 out of that time. 51 threes, three, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three fives, and that was after Andrew was moved up from a four to five, and 14 fours. So the chance of having a hurricane, believe it or not, is very slim. Yes, hurricanes are very narrow. Plus, we are well, okay. Exactly. So let's hope we don't, but it could happen them next season. So I'm saying we should be prepared by working with the Army Corps. That's something we can do. Next thing comes with the Bayside. They're going to do a study. We basically want to be in their study. When they say they, I'm talking the Army Corps of Engineers. It's a $4 million study. Again, they do a lot of studying. They spend a lot of money to determine how do we protect the Bayside. Because they say if we protect the ocean side and we don't protect the Bayside, we're, we're going to be underwater anyway. So basically, we want to be in that study. Now, right. Have you considered that there's two sides of our bridge? One is practically new, and the other is well, incredibly old. <laughs> I, I basically went under the bridge, the small boat. I looked at the thing before they repaired it. I saw the spalling. I saw the one side was in pretty decent shape. The other wasn't. They're built differently. One is built with, I'm not going to bore your readers, but the technical structural elements. I can, no, I mean, you know, they're, I can they're tell you decades this, apart. Well, so. here's the point. The, uh, the wind is not going to blow it down. The only thing it would be is major storm surge pushing it down. That's the only thing. But the wind is not going to blow it down because the wind will go through it. It it doesn't leave enough area against the wind because the wind, again, most people don't know it, but as the wind wind increases in speed, the pressure goes up algorithmically. So basically, or I should say exponentially. So basically when you have a 10-mile-an-hour wind, and you go to 100 mile an hour wind, it doesn't go up 10 times. That's 100 times pressure and so on. So, again, that's not, even that, it's not going to be a problem. The main, in my opinion, I'm not an engineer, but in my opinion, the major problem would be storm surge, water pressure pushing it over. But again, the chances are not, won't happen, but if it did happen, we should be prepared. And that's something we can do. And Williams, obviously our manager, he's a guy he and he can knows get it done pretty quickly. Better than anybody else. Next thing we have is the undergrounding. People are screaming. The condos say, hey, we shouldn't pay for undergrounding. That should be for single family. We have undergrounding. Why should we pay? Well, I feel I got the answer. I got the answer. Nobody, ah. nobody should pay. Because what happened was about, I guess it's about four years ago, Public Service Commission changed their 
rate-setting ability for the utility companies. And so now the rate, they can go ahead and do hardening or undergrounding and add that as a capital expense and add it to the rate base, which means that the entire rate base for, say, FP&L would pay the increased amount for the Undergrounding or hardening, and then our bills go up. Naturally. Well, our, our bills go up negligibly. Everybody, the whole state goes. It goes in, up no matter what they in do. Negligibly. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm just saying. So that the problem is, we weren't in the first three-year plan because the method they use for risk analysis is outdated. It makes no sense. It hasn't been used by any insurance company since Andrew. It's a historical. So thing. why do they get away with it? Well, because they're, the, they're, public they're the because they're, the, they're the grill in the room. Okay, I was up there with Mike Davy and. and Steve Williamson lobbying the Public Service Commission and explaining to them, and they know that, that it makes no sense. No insurance company would ever set rates to do anything else based on a historical basis. They learned their lesson a long time ago. But still, the rate setting for the Public Utility Commission, excuse me, for the, um, I should say, rate of the analysis for the uh, utilities, FP&L, is based on prior hurricanes. There was two of them, which accounted for the majority of the risk to determine who goes in the next year, three-year plan. We didn't get in the first three-year. I'm hoping to get in the second three-year. And you believe it was something we failed to do? Or? Well, you know, we failed to do. Let's face it. It's all political. I mean, it's it's political, it's pressure, and it's who you know. It's not fair. Uh, FP&L sounds like a big, regulated utility, fair to everybody. Uh, they're fair to who they want to be fair with. My previous experience... And they look for... They look for Bigger metropolitan areas or no, bigger geographic areas? Just to look for barrier islands or those people who's going to be impacted first to put the underground so the is. And so, therefore, being a barrier island like ourselves, Miami Beach, we should be first. Carl Gables is ahead of us. They have very little exposure. They do have exposure. Plus, they have Gables. Rock Ridge over there. And, but I'm talking, they have exposure in Gables by the Sea and uh, Carlin, yeah. which we're calling it. On the coast, uh, absolutely. So, uh, things like that. But they're that. not below sea level like we are. States. No, but. Uh, the point being is that they have exposure, but not like we do. But yet they're ahead of us. And so what does that mean? Maybe we have the wrong lobbyist. Maybe we don't know the right people at FPNL. So these are the things we have to do to try and get it done because we shouldn't pay a damn cent for that. So what I propose is if we go ahead, which looks like we're going to go ahead shortly, with the first K, K-8 Basin initiative for the storm sewer, at that point in time we should do everything, but we should, we should not go ahead and underground if we have made a deal with FPNL at that time. Put in empty conduits across the streets so for the laterals we don't have to go dig the streets up again. And basically most of the work that's going to be done is being horizontal. Lateral would be east to west, west to well, east. Well, it's basically yeah, you're going down the street and you're going to cross the street. Well, going across the street would be a lateral okay. from the trunk going down one side. And that's for the, you know, from the transformers. And so that's what, in my opinion, we should be doing, and and waiting our turn. Would they? With FPNL. Would they? We would fork up the money. Would they recompense us? Or well, that well, obviously we'd love to do that too. Or we reduce. No, the, we, we would do either way. I mean, well, like I say, make a deal somehow to make it work. The old rules were we could do it, pay for everything, and they would give us all twenty five percent credit against our electric bills because basically they know that they save at least that on maintenance, and repairs. By doing that. Now, so, what happens if it does break? Are we on the hook for that as well? Sorry, if we do it, the laterals, when it breaks, do they come in and repair it, or we have no? We have w- the, once the system is accepted by them, they'll take over. They take care of it. Thank God. That's the same way when you built the street, and once it's dedicated, 
and a government body takes over after you usually guarantee it for one year maintenance maintenance bonds, and after that, they take over. Okay, that's very so, important that, for the there, listeners. There are some of the things that I'm looking at from a uh, should I say capital improvement basis for the village of Key Now, staying on point here with FPNL, have you heard any? Uh, rumblings uh, when it mm. comes to Bruce Matheson and the park about FPNL having to move their, their footprint of their electrical facility that's presently at Calusa. Is there any rumblings of that they're, they have to leave the premises of the park and either reduce their footprint, <coughs> which is, I guess, the logical step is to have a smaller footprint because of more modern technology, but they do have eminent domain rights, which could impede on the Stefano's property. Have you heard anything Related to moving that footprint? Because Absolutely if they're going nothing. On, no. Nothing. Because if no. they go underground, I, I have to assume that that little, I don't know, I can't call it a park, but whatever that transformer station is, that doesn't seem like uh, it would it would stay there. It would have to come Why south. not? Huh? Why not? Because Bruce would kiss, kick him out. I'm sorry? Because Matheson would kick him Obviously out. Obviously, he doesn't have the right to kick him out. He doesn't. I think, like you just mentioned, and I'm not a lawyer. Oh, they can eminent domain and stay. Well, they have more rights than most people do. Well, the the reason why I uh, was thinking these things is because of a back to the circle where FPNO comes, takes Stefanos and the Oasis to move this footprint over. Why do you think they have to move a footprint? Huh? Why do you think they have to move Check the this out. substation? I'm going to give you an idea. But no, why do they have to? Because if you get reelected, I would like for you. No, but do you say they have to, or they want to, or they should? I don't really know how hardened the negotiations between them and the Matheson and the board. They have them in a domain right, so you might be right. I mean, they can just they, stay there. Why would they do anything? Well, this is this is uh, something for the elected the elected body to consider. No, no, stop. Why would FPNL want to do anything as far as moving, relocating their substation there? To, to avert uh, court. With the Mathesons who love to go to court. They've been there. They've been there forever. Why are they going to go to court now? What's going to happen? They're not there before the deed. The deed that was well, given. Obviously, them. they weren't there. But they've been there for how long? Oh, quite some time. <laughs> okay, so let me finish this idea. <laughs> I think it would be a a, a, a cool uh, partnership between the parks, the county, Key Biscayne, and FPNL to. Since they're going underground and they want to upgrade whatever's there, if they were to Excuse buy me, the underground sta- and keep Biscayne, not underground there, right? Okay, so the station, and I don't, I don't have the technological knowledge to know how much those footprints change uh, when you modernize things. But anyway, there's a benefit. Well, excuse me, you say modernize when we go underground here? Yeah. What what happens to these transformers? Nothing. No, they just stay the same. Transformers. The transferring the same electricity, all we're changing is the system of poles and transformers. And, on, and conduits. And, and, you know, and conductors, you know, exactly. Yeah, conductor. So the, does it, So it's not, uh, I didn't finish this idea. If they were to move south, it would be a, a, a desire to apportion a, a, a piece of the Stefanos property. Only they could fork up that kind of money okay. so that the seller is not, okay. he's got an equal market price. Stefano's as well. Stefano disappears, the building itself. Okay. No more. The Oasis days are finally over. <laughs> Never mind. But a road is put there instead of a development. Eliminates our entry feature, 
we share property with stuff uh, we share with what's left of their purchase in other words they use it for their uses that's the main that's the main what would I call it, the main track to go underground because it starts there correct from the under from the the electricity that comes under the bridges and oh, whatever else go to substation but uh, it, w- uh, it really would facilitate us of course there would be a pizza left which is the gas station there'd be a, sitting there like in the keys where there's a roads coming on all okay. sides of a pizza of a gas station everybody in harbor leaves through that road to leave the key now my beautiful idea you mean leaves, the key or, leaves the key and come, come back, back on, on the key i'll come back on the key using those two properties as road never will be developed never be a hotel never be a shopping center there goes the development forever and it's a fantastic road so we can get rid of that damn circle sorry so we can put a circle to get rid of that damn light and makes that e- economic sense and i think the state would get involved because we're a bear island and we need an escape route during storms they're facilitating that for us and i think everybody would chip in and I'd be more than happy to call my governor Ron DeSantis to get it done if you ask me. That's I've had that uh, where where I got this idea, Ed, and the reason why I'm saying it to you because I think you're the only one that can kind of see it. I've expressed it to other people as well. But I was going to the golfing game once, just recently, and you know the overpass that Ross built there. There's an overpass for cars, and people go underneath it. Okay. Okay. So I said to myself, and I did a video I'm going to share with you after this, where if you can envision people rising above Crandon Boulevard, as then there's no longer a light. You, you come out of a circle, you now you're going to rise above, so the people in Harbor Drive can go underneath them, and they meet together after the loop at Caluso to merge to leave the key. Okay. Okay. So instead of people walking underneath in the video that I show you, it's Harbor Drive, and Crandon goes over it. And then we meet a little bit past the sanitation uh, parks for the for the parks and recreation. And my God, no more traffic in Key Biscayne. <laughs> no more tra- traffic. And just so happens that when I went to 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 Mercy Hospital uh, yesterday, I came back and I faced my biggest nightmare because you know since I have do business out here, I don't leave the key that much anymore. Man, I come back and I get that three o'clock bumper to bumper from the. From the golf course, all mm-hmm. in the light. Oh my God, I was furious. Plus, I was feeling bad because I was yeah. waiting for medicine. I'm going to go to the pharmacy, all this stuff. My daughter's sitting there going, Oh my God, look at him. And I'm sitting there doing videos. This is why I didn't want sixth and seventh and eighth grade at mass because all these parents are coming back and there's no damn circle. <laughs> and you guys have ignored me. And I'm ranting. My daughter's looking at me like, <laughs> I go, I sound like that on the radio. She goes, I don't listen to you on the radio. <laughs> listen, how about a. A simple solution. I mean, that's a very complicated solution, very expensive solution. Requires a lot of moving parts from us to get together. But Nell's got the money. But the other, well, hold on. Instead of having a circle that's round, have an oblong circle. Well, I saw that. I saw. Well, I mean, it's an oblong circle. Granted, they, I didn't mean to say circle. Well, I said it for an oblong thing. They just put in at Twenty Seventh and Tiger Tail. Five points is five. Five streets, Tiger Tail, Twenty Seventh Avenue. I don't know if it's Mary Street or the other street. They all come together. But an oblong circle. It doesn't take the same amount of space. And the, basically, and the, and the drivers can see each other as they merge. Well, they you know, basically put a beautiful landscaping in the middle. It looks lovely. Why don't you consider an oblong circle there? Because right now we're going to be taking, assuming Dade County goes ahead, to make the additional lane for people coming into Key Biscayne 
the additional right turn lane, you know, where the bus is like a the bus lane. Traffic jam extend, there, too. Well, no, extend the whole thing straight all the way thing so people making a right turn come in there and make their right turn down harbor and relieve a lot of traffic congestion. Same thing they're doing to go into Key Colony, which is another bottleneck. But I agree with you completely on the... Boy, you know the first one who would love this idea? All those freaking people leaving Key Colony in the morning, bumper to bump all the way to the back of the tide mark back mm-hmm. there. And they're bumper to bumper just well, to leave their homes. I'll give you another, I'll give you another simple idea. That that uh, that circle you're talking but, about, I call it a circle. You just called it a. Tra- I call it trapezoid. Well, no, well. no, but I mean, I was going. I've seen it. Yes. I'm, you know, thinking that I'm long or tear, whatever you want to call it. That's the only meeting I attended of the uh, vision committee. Well, the other thing is that, that circle was, you know, obviously, I was invited to go mind. there because it was going to be on your mind. Yeah, it was going to be discussed. Uh, I, but uh, until we do that, I believe there's a simple solution, much simpler, and that is in the morning. Basically, there are no lights on Crandon Boulevard and Harbor. There's no lights. Blinking lights every morning. No light. Yeah, blink. Called blinking light. But everybody can only make a right turn coming coming southbound off of Crandon into Harbor. Anybody coming out of St. Agnes has to go all the way around Harbor Drive, come back out, <clears throat> excuse me, either on Master or Westwood. So you're going to relieve the traffic that way. Anybody coming out of St. Christopher's goes has to go south on Club. Fernwood. Okay. Oh, and, and then okay. bring this. So what, what you're doing, and then here's the here's the bottleneck with that. People coming out of Key County, clear span to get straight out of the island. Everybody coming that direction. The people who would have a problem, I say a problem. People coming out of uh, Ocean Lane Drive could only make a right. They couldn't make a left. They couldn't cross the street. They'd have to go around the first circle that we have and come back into the key in order to go down to. Let's say you're going to go drop your kid off at St. Agnes or... St. Christopher's in the morning, and you're and you're living at the Commodore. You have to come <clears throat> west oh, on the Commodore, mm-hmm. north on Grandin, around the circle, come back down, and then. But the traffic would flow, okay? And also, oh, you you would people in the Commodore Club would have to leave the key in essence to get well, back yeah, to first the circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you have that extra lane. Exactly. There. exactly. So basically, you think Mathis would allow us to use the loop so that it would flow? I don't think it has anything to do with it. So no, because you have to make a left turn and cut across. I don't. I don't, I don't think that would be a problem. So what I'm saying is, if we did something like that, before we build anything, you could see how the things worked, and then encourage, like you say, for some permanent type of structure. And that would be in the morning. Obviously, in the afternoon, you have a different kind of problem. So you have to reverse type of things, okay? I mean, this is just some of my thoughts. Yeah. Because uh, uh, like you, I, I like thought my, about, I like I thought my about, idea better. Well, it's okay. Yours, yours is going to take time and lots of money. Mine takes no time no, and, and, and no money, but we can see how it works. We have all these extra policemen, and then we can use uh, those. Now, one thing I did say, I believe it was to uh, candidate Fausto Gomez, I said to him that this this whole idea, of course, is it, it requires partners, FPNL, maybe even the federal government. I don't know how role they would play, but the state of Florida has an obligation for something that he likes to trump in his campaign is that the single road highway to a prison or a park yeah. is the responsibility of the states. Yeah. So that's a single road highway, Crandon, to the state park. Yeah. So, hello, pony up. <laughs> and let's do this correctly. Why? In the end, increase real estate values. Everybody who owns here benefits from in and out of this island. Traffic goes away with a freaking circle. 
And the velocity of the traffic is that little catch, which is unique to my idea, which is Harbor leaving through Oasis. And Oasis could care less because tr they want to sell it bad. And <laughs> Stefano's obviously, everybody's going to say no to everything they built there. Thank God. No, there will never be a hardware store on the entry block. So, hello, I love the idea. You can't build there. And it's our entry feature, which, fact, quite frankly, is a stinking entry feature. Unfortunately, we have a gas station when we come in, like all the cities in the Keys. I mean, every time you go into a city from Marathon all the way down to Key West, there's a gas station the whole way. So, that's, that's fine with me. But if we convert into road, it'll never be developed. It's that simple. Well, I'm not saying... You know, like I just to, want I like to throw to, it out you because no, I hear what you're saying. I would love to see it in your second term. The idea come up because it really this is, is my third term. Third term, that's right. <laughs> it is your, a real glutton for punishment. Yes, yes, your third term. It would be your third term, and the second consecutive term. Yes, and uh, okay, on to the next subject. <laughs> uh, the, the the rest of this the sewer system in our last twenty minutes or so. 25 minutes, depending on your closing, whatever you want to say to the constituents. Uh, do we have to really go full Monty on this climate change and sewer and flood? I have some reservations. Do you have the same reservations I have since we've both seen all types of flooding out here and just marginal rains? Right now, the engineers, ACOM, are designing, they call it 30% design specifications the K-8 Basin, which is a low-lying area oh, of Key Oh, my God, totally bull. And they're basing it on a, they call it a 10-year event, which is 8 inches in 24 hours, versus a 5-year event, which is 7 inches in 24 hours. Now, my point, before I'm prepared to vote and spend a buck, I have to know what is the ramifications of an 8-inch, a 7-inch, a 5-inch, a 4-inch. A three-inch. Not only the ramifications. Ramifications as far as how long will the water take to drain? How long will roads be impassable? Because obviously, the more rain, the more the more That's expensive. That's the key. The key and issue. if you want to get it rid of it quicker, it's more expensive than getting slower. Because you have a number of things. You have fortune. We have gravity, and gravity pulls the water downhill. Yeah. But obviously, the piping system we have and the amount of area we have. The pipes we have, it's not big enough, even though we have big pipes. So then we're going to have to get a pressurized system. But then there's also what we call retention sites and detention sites. A retention site is basically... Like a pool. Well, like a pool. Basically, it's like a, a piece of ground and the water go percolates through the ground and never leaks it. That's a retention site. A detention... Like a giant uh, uh, <laughs> drain field for a sewer... For a sewer... And, and a, a detention site... Temporarily restricts it, in effect. So basically, the water takes longer to go off, so it has a greater chance to go in to wherever it's going to go, in this case, the bay, so you don't need as many pumps or pipes. I mean, pumps and pipes is an easy expression. So once they have that, so I want to know, with this 8-inch system, I mean, 8-inch rainfall, excuse me, and with that system, what do we get? What do we get for the 7-inch rainfall, and how much does that cost? And then there's a trade-off between what we pay and what we get and what inconvenience we have and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and how you weigh that. And then when you have those facts, you can make a decision. Until you have those facts, it's very difficult to make a decision. When you mention about rising water, not rising water, 
I guess my um, my barometer is the Esplanade and the Towers of Key Biscayne. Towers of Key Biscayne, uh, lower garage, and Esplanade are pretty similar. I think one is three foot three inches above sea level. When I say sea level, I'm talking about 1927 sea level or 29 sea level. And the other one is one inch more. I can't remember. One is one. And then you would expect twice a year, somewhere in March and somewhere in September, equinox time, uh, the uh, water comes up through the relief. That, those, uh, when you say equinox, you mean king tide? And no, that kind I of mean, no, I mean, no, nothing to the do old, with it. The old sun is in the middle. If I'm having doubts, I'm, e- I'm assuming e- the no, audience e- is equinox, also. Equinox in the middle, okay. Okay. All right. So oh, equinox being the equator. Okay. That's equal. So anyway, okay. at that point in time, usually the water comes will come up, and the question is, how high does it come up? And the king tides, another thing is, during the year now, you can also have flooding in those places. Yes. My office is at the Esplanade, so I've noticed more flooding now than ever before, which only can be that the tides are rising. I mean, everybody's telling us that, but I actually see it happening. Well, is it going to stop, or is it going to continue, or is it going to reverse? Obviously, we have all these... Ice events, Antarctica, Greenland, Arctic, happening and are happening, and they are seeing a tremendous amount. That is going to raise the water in the oceans of the world, including the Atlantic, which affects us. So if that's continuing, yes. So knowing all those things or not knowing how fast they're going to happen, we're projecting to the future. So I'm saying how much is the the discomfort, the inconvenience of having flooded streets, how big, I mean, we can, if a street is flooded with one inch or two inches, I don't think anybody cares. But if it's flooded with six or eight inches or 12 inches, people do care. And it's a foot or two. Yeah, no, it hits the bottom yeah, of so the car and yep. knocks out the car's yeah, computer. But there's, but, there's, but there's a lot of things that we just talk about, just not pipes and pumps. We have swales, one-way streets, have swales on both sides. These are basically retention sites. The water is going to stay there longer. I believe longer. in swales. Okay, so we can, we can have that. It also that. beautifies the community. So we can have that. We can have pumps. We can have all kinds of things. To conquer, not to conquer, to live with the situation. Yeah, that's a great point you make about the swales because I remember, once again, doing my video routine, I went to Bell Harbor, the single family homes across the street from the Bell Harbor shops. There's a, there's a little small community there, uh, about as big as uh, Mashta and K Florida mm-hmm. together, and also Bay Point um, off Biscayne Boulevard. Everybody has swales there, man. Yeah. And it just, it's an incredible, uh, again, you know, value added to your property to have it all swelled up like that and channeling the water. Yeah. Now, in the, our existing piping system, if you do swells, are you replacing pipes as well, or you have well, to? Well, you know, you're, you're going to use any, and again, remember gravity. And so, as a result, everything has to flow properly. When it stops flowing, you have to lift it like you do in a storm sewer. You don't want to, I mean, in a sanitary sewer. You don't want to have to do that with a storm sewer. And for the audience to know, the sanitary sewer and storm water are completely different yeah, pipes. Yeah, sanitary sewer and you flush your toilet. Okay. Okay, but they're separate pipes. It's completely separate pipes, okay? One goes to a plant yes. to be processed, and yeah. one goes to the bay, basically. Or, we're, like I say, we try to retain as much as we can, et cetera. And have it just sink into the... Uh, sink in the ground. That's And again, the less, with less area that's paved over, the more area that will accept the water. Versus the area that's paved over, and the water shit was shed off that. So anyway, I'm not prepared to do anything on that till I get all these numbers I mentioned to you to be able to make an intelligent decision. Okay, now there's something you said on the 19th that changed the subject. 
the last 12 minutes or so. 12 to 14 minutes, depending, <laughs> depending on you, not Get on me. Get more water? Huh? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you a question. You can talk while I get you water. Uh, you said something on the 19th <clears throat> that you wanted to elaborate later, and I'm happy that you're here because maybe you're interested in doing that. There's, there's something you're uh, unnerved about or bothered about the police and uh, the way it's uh, it's patrolling, the way it's monitoring. Yeah. So go ahead. I'll get you water <clears throat> while you answer. Well, I grew up in Philadelphia, and in Philadelphia we had beat policemen. And the beat policeman was a guy, or when I say one guy, there were no women at the time, but there are usually three, three or four people, whatever is required to maintain policing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they were assigned to one specific area. They patrolled one specific area. They knew the people who lived in that area. They knew the kids in that area. They knew the dogs in the area. They knew the cars in the area. If you misbehave, they took you to your parents. It, and they became part of the community. Uh, visibility, high visibility, high acceptance, like I say. First they, name basis, maybe? First name basis. They knew us on a first name basis, and we called them Officer Smith or whatever, Sergeant, so on. So, anyway, so I've been preaching this, I guess now for... Yeah, since, since 2000, been, since, since I got elected, elected yeah. yeah. 2012. The resistance I first got was by prior police administration that this was boring. You know, you know how boring it is for a policeman to just do this over and over again? And I said, well, you really become part of the community. Well, that's not modern policing. First of all, you know, we're in the cars now. We're not walking around. Uh, you know, I said, fine, but people complain they don't see police in the streets for days. No, we're doing that, blah, blah, blah. No, you anyway, got, we got a crisis nationally, too. So what I, what I did was say, okay, well, let me, let, me, let me just think about this. We have all these policemen. Why couldn't we have beat policing? So I went around and I, drew, I tried to drew, <clears throat> divide the key into three areas. And one took me 32 minutes to go around. One was 30 and one was 17. So obviously I don't want to divide this is very well. a car just driving around? Or and then I took, no, this was the car, never expected. <clears throat> Never exceeding 20 miles an hour, craning my neck back and forth, back and forth. In the like red a... Corvette? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, not in the red Corvette. <clears throat> anyway, the blue Corvette. Okay. So, <laughs> well, no. blue back then, okay. <laughs> so I did this and everything else and came back and said, you know what? Actually, if you had him doing nothing more than patrolling, a policeman could do it twice an hour. So basically, you need three policemen. Yeah, four shifts was 12 policemen. You know, two policemen <coughs> to cover for sick. Some of the water got you. It's Thank fresh. You. you need two policemen to cover for sick and vacations. So that together is 14 policemen. And then I went through the whole system, what we really needed, what we could do to do, do this thing. And you don't want to be in air-conditioned, blacked-out cars so nobody knows who you are. They don't see you, whether it's in golf carts. Or, and then I was told, no. We can't have golf carts because we won't be able to take prisoners or any other men. Well, you know, we take well, a lot. But you could, but we take a lot of prisoners. In a shift, you could have a couple we, we of guys in we, cars. Yeah, we take a lot of. We take a lot We take a lot of prisoners. Okay, so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Dog, I, my dog I, was, I was a prisoner getting, a couple of times. I was getting nowhere. <laughs> and instead of that, the next thing that happened was, like, you know what? This is from the police department. We're not having good police coverage on the causeway. So we should patrol the causeway. 
Well, we should patrol That's the That's a bifurcation of the argument. We're paying Dade County a bunch of dollars in taxes. It's their road. Miami has part of it around Virginia Key. But the main thing is the, the county. Why are we going to do that? Because they don't do a good job. So council voted. <coughs> Four to three. Obviously, I voted against it. And we hired three more policemen. And well, But then again, we couldn't have regular policemen. We needed motorcycles. A motorcycle on Key Biscayne. Well, I've had a, been a motorcycle rider since I'm a little kid. You can't get out of first gear. It's so small. Yeah, there'll be a, there'll, there'll <laughs> but, be a stop sign. But we got. But we have three three motorcycles. Anyway, make a long story short. So we really don't police. We even though it's not our thing, we really don't police. In fact, people complain that the cost we have too many policemen. This wouldn't give us tickets. Oh boy, do you don't we. say. Well, you don't see our people there, but we still have those extra policemen. Well, this is going on and on and on. I'm I'm been a pain in the butt of the uh, prior police chief. This police chief. I would say our Causeway is the most police Causeway in uh, South Florida. Anyway, they're they're great guys, the police chiefs, and they're doing a good job, and people are happy with the service. The question is, people do complain about not having visibility of of patrolling. So every time the police chief comes and says, we need more people. (laughs) And every time I say, you have too many people, why do you need people? And they come up with reasons, and needless to say, I always lose. And one of the reasons I lose is because I believe a number of the council members will say, hey, listen, I'm not going to vote against the police chief. If something goes wrong, they'll blame me. I'm willing to take yeah, politically yeah. hot button. But I have broad shoulders, and I don't mind Plus, you're reminded as the person usually selected to represent us against the police union and the pensions, <laughs> you're haunted by more police officers. you got to take care of more money out the window. Yeah. Anyway, so, so what's happened a number of years ago, I would say— Three, or I can't keep track, probably three. They finally agreed. I said, where are the policemen? How do you know what anybody's doing when you have no control? I mean, say, go out, police. You give them things to do. Do they have, or are they doing it? Do you really need more? So we agreed, council agreed, that we would have them have GPSs in their cars. And then we would know where they are. And the chief would know where they are. And then he can come back to us and say, listen, here's, Mr. here's Sergeant Jones and Mr. Smith and Lieutenant this guy, and this is why I need more people. That's fair. And if they show that to me, I'll be happy to go ahead and That's give That's accountability. That's for sure. <laughs> so I was great, and I waited, I don't know, six months or more, and I asked Manager Aga, I said, you know, can I see a uh, report? This is from Andrea Aga's days. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she slept on it, or she acted upon no. it? No. And then I would get back to her in time and say, Andrea, do you, can I, do you have the report? No, I, I requested it. I said, good. And this went on for quite a while. And I never got any reports of anything. And then she left. And then uh, after a while, we have a new manager, new police chief. And uh, I said, hey, can I see the reports? And new police chief's first-class super guy, love him to death, Frank Souza, great guy. He said, uh, we have no reports. I, said, I wasn't why? told to prepare any. No, I said, why not? <laughs> the GPSs were never installed. Woo! So obviously there's no reports. 
That reminds me of so the, right now, the they, cameras on Master on well, the Master like, Bridge. You're going to like this. Never was programmed to, to with the rest of the. So they've system. been installed, and the last time I asked for it, I'm sure it'll change. They told me that I didn't have the security clearance to see it, so that's where oh, we are. How interesting! <laughs> so I'm sure I'll get it sooner or later. <clears throat> but that's it. So we do have a way now of determining. Do, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> how many police we really need. And I'm not a, listen, I think the police are great. One good thing we have, I might complain about too many people, but we have great people. We have really first class I enjoy, f- uh, I enjoy fire I, rescue. All we my have, conversations with We you. have first class police, uh, community center, everything, public works. Uh, these are things we have. Fire to, department. Fire, well, I said public work, rescue, rescue and fire. Yeah. We have no fire, so therefore You know that rescue. my mom uh, would have these terrible... Uh, you know, my mom ultimately had um, cardiac Alzheimer's from high blood pressure. <clears throat> but no medication would solve what <clears throat> would be solved when the Matrix, three firemen, four firemen show up at her house on a 9-11 call. I've never seen anything like it. Those guys, superheroes, show up at your door, and my mom's blood pressure, boom, back down to normal. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, look at this, just looking at them. She was so comforted by them. That's great. So happy to see them. Uh, that's great. And she spent 10 years suffering from her Alzheimer's. And even before, the, you know, when she was out of it, because once she was out of it, the blood pressure went down forever, never was up again. Right. For ten years, she had low. We had to keep it up with uh, <laughs> with sweets. You know, it, it was so low. All the meds were gone. It's terrible. The the power of the brain. You know, once it goes, then all your needs seem to go. You know, all your pains, all your problems just go away. All of a sudden, they're not prescribing to you <laughs> medicine anymore. But it was very comforting to know. Probably the the fondest memory I do have of our incorporation is that that fire department man. They were just so cool, and they had my mom's. Vitals from the previous visit. That's great. So they can compare. That's great. And uh, sometimes uh, it avoided, more than often, would avoid her having to go to the hospital. That's great. The, uh, you mentioned the fire department. We first formed the um, village yes. government and became independent. Someone uh, who gave me the honor of going to negotiate with Dade County, providing fire services. It's called qualification. Until we... No until, one else could do it. And Well, make a long story, I got absolutely nowhere. I mean, when you deal with Monopoly and a big, big bear... Well, I think you, you were successful at keeping them there. Oh, uh, fine, they're uh, there, but the question is, I couldn't get the price down. I couldn't get the price down. I remember they, they wanted to vacate the fire station. <laughs> well, anyway. And then what happens to all the people that are drowning out there? you got to be around, guys. <laughs> and they make us save anyway, everybody's they, they, lives. they did the job we paid for... And, and since that time, they basically don't let anybody else well, they let you become to, independent. To, to let you off the hook so you don't feel so bad. When I tried to get my antenna on the back of that uh, fire station, they told me to go pound sand. <laughs> I go, Can I just hook up there? I mean, it's already up there. The structure's already there. Right. That was in the 24 months period. Okay, so the last six minutes left. Uh, is there anything <laughs> that... Uh, that you still left unsaid because I really believe that there's something that every candidate has on their mind that never gets talked about when they go to the debate or whatever you guys want to call those forays where you're holding the microphone and you got three seconds to talk, worse than the three minutes in the, the council chambers, and then you guys are waiting in line to answer the same question. Is there something that 
that has been like a pet peeve or something you really want us to change in the fabric of the culture of the resident of the key? Because we, I said this once in a guest commentary I wrote, <clears throat> that we're in some bizarre way, kind of like cultural South Africa, you know, where a great deal of people who pay real estate taxes don't get the vote here. And therefore, we're controlling, like, you know, the South Africans, the, the white Afrikaani was controlling the government and the black population was the vast majority who chances are didn't own real estate, didn't have income, didn't pay much taxes. And I said that in a guest commentary and I, I remember uh, Mayor Vernon was mayor at the time and he didn't really like that comparison. But he, I know he repeated it. And I called it reverse apartheid. Okay. So what is it that I can have you mm -hmm. say to these residents who are now have paid 10 times more than you and I have paid for the real estate. Well, me, not so much recently, but in comparison to what my father paid for his house on Mashta, and you did as well, it's a lot of money. What can we tell them about this election season that gives them some kind of comfort that we're looking after you, we're going to protect your interests, we're going to, we want you to be just as secure, safe, and feeling as well as we are? Because the last night I saw it, it's really cool to watch bunch of parents, a bunch of kids. Probably the most exciting place in town in South Florida, I really believe it, because I've been to other parts of town during Halloween. And man, it was beautiful to watch that we all just felt safe all over the streets. Everywhere was blocked off, so there weren't people driving through there. All these incredible costumes because of our <laughs> economic ability to have. Hell, I, uh, I saw Nick Jenkins the other day with three costumes in two days. I go, what's going on with you, man? You have more enthusiasm than your little kids that you have. So it's really cool. Uh, I really saw the best of America, basically, because we, all the countries, all the affluence, all the manners, well-behaved kids, not like my, my age group that was, you know, you can imagine the shaving cream scene that we had going on during the key rat days. And it was really a pleasure to see. And uh, I didn't spend too much time because my kids are 20 and 30. But Key Biscayne is, is alive and well, man. It's a, we're still in a healthy environment. We're definitely a, a much cooler place than what I read in the chats. And, uh, I, you know, there's a certain amount of things that go on that are kind of tacky. But, man, when I look at it last night, you know, it's quite an honor to and a pleasure to see you all. Uh, in elected office, willing to do it, and keeping us really happy, man. We're 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 a pretty community, man. We're a really cool place to live, and I, you know, we're I, the best. Yeah, we're the best. We're best and getting better. And last night you mentioned <clears throat> about the kids and the Halloween. Well, last night I was out there with my sign and waving to people to come. That's I guess it's a traditional in Key more Biscayne. More free, more free. You got to be out there and wave your sign and. People wave back, and some pretend they don't remember see Mo it. Remember Mort Stein? It was <laughs> twice his size. And some he had Mort Friedens, you know, five, six feet ahead on top of him. And then some people look like they're going to run you over. But last night was very interesting. Because people, I don't remember who it was, campaigning next to me or close to me, said, God, never saw so many cars. We keep us gain this late at night, because normally we stop around 637. And I said, you know why? They're, they just look. All the cars that are coming in have parents with kids in costumes and parents in costumes. So these are people who don't live on the key, but what? they know the place to be is Key Biscayne. Why? 
It's safe. It's fun. It's good. And it's great. And, you and sealed me, off. And it's sealed off. And, and you, the police officers and, did a fantastic job. And you job. asked me also, you know, what, what bothers me or what I think. And one of the things that's bothered me in this particular election is that this has been very divisive. And I hate to see that. Because everybody who's running for office is good people. Everybody, maybe not me, but the rest of the people. Ah, come say. on. So anyway, but the point is they're willing to devote their time. I've spoken, effort. time out. I've spoken to every single council member running, obviously. In person and here in the station. There is a one of the f- four that doesn't think very highly of you. Well, that's one. Well, thank you. That's nice. Of but, the other four, but, they're, all well, they're all looking for you for leadership as if they don't want to. They, uh, they want you on council so that you, they, can, <laughs> they can depend on you to, to for, uh, uh, open ear, yeah. And clarity, basically, because you have clarity. Your experience says so. Uh, your demeanor says so. But, uh, Maddie, but Maddie, the most important thing is when this is over, after next week, what I want to see everybody get together, <clears throat> I want to see all the candidates for all the offices, Kumbaya. the five of us, the other two, go out. Well, you know, one of the things now, which is really nice, I go to the council meetings, I fight, I argue, I get, I don't know, sometimes my wife complains, Clara said, I, I should shut up. And uh, But afterwards, no matter what happens, we get all done. Meeting's over. If the bar is still open somewhere, we all go out and have a drink. And, you know, we're all friends, and we all know we all have the same thing in mind, to make this a better place, to do our best. We might disagree on a way to get there, but we all have the same thing. And I just want to see everybody coming together and get all this animosity that's come up on this particular election. Off the books. Keep us gain. Keep us gain great. Paradise Keep us gain wonderful. Keep us gain not found. Is paradise. Period. End of story. And that's what I really want to see happen. Well, I can't thank you enough, and that's a great uh, closing statement. There you have it, you know. At London, the incumbent for Keepers King Council 2022, here on Blink Radio, WSQF 94.5, live streamed at WSQFradio.com. The recording of this uh, conversation uh, will appear tomorrow on the website. And uh, once again, what I always say, it's going to be a wild night. The night of November, <laughs> uh, uh, election night. And our s- next song is Van Morrison's Wild Night. So take care and stay free. And thank you very much, Ed. Thank you so much, Manny, for having me. Bye-bye. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.